Aloha and welcome to Friday Night Kunani Patrol. I am your host, Mikuni Moon Sayak. In this episode, I interview Muay Thai and MMA champion Amr the Falcon Maher. We talk about his martial arts journey, his opinion on optimal human performance, and a crazy story on how Amr almost lost his leg. Without further ado, let's get started. Friday night, Kunane Patrol. Aloha, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Friday Night Kunani Patrol. This is your host, Mikuni Munsayak. And today we have the guest, Amr the Falcon Maher. Amr is a mixed martial arts and Muay Thai champion and has been doing martial arts for 12 years. He currently lives in Thailand, but he moved from Egypt. And Amr, go ahead and give the followers and listeners a little background about yourself. Yeah, man, it's awesome being here, man, with you. It's just, just been a while. And I love your work. I follow your passion. And and this is, this is so inspiring. You know, it's like you do it with love. And there's not a lot of people that does it like that these days. It's not a job, man. Like people mistake job with passion and it's not a job. Amen. So this is why I'm a big fan of yours. But yeah, man, it's uh I'm graduate. I've graduated from pharmaceutical field, worked there a little bit, and decided this is not my calling. And like I threw away all that life just to pursue martial arts. And I sacrificed a lot getting here, you know, it's just my marriage got sideways and my family is not 100% approved of that, but it is what it is. And I got myself, got on a plane, went to Thailand, and then started my journey, you know. Your father just hooked me up with a couple of fights until I was good enough to fight for the title. And I was blessed with, with that. I was blessed with a lot of people like your father throughout the journey. And then I decided to pursue Muay Thai since I was in the land of Muay Thai, you know, and bought a couple of Muay Thai fights and secured the Tape, which is the number one stadium in the North Belt just a couple of months ago. And yeah, we moved from there and I got signed to one championship and awaiting my debut right now, hopefully in April. I got to showcase my my skills and those 12 years, man, those 12 years is just, is to get there. I moved to Asia with one goal to get to one championship and Finally, it happened. So I'm investing all that I have right now in that opportunity. Well, congratulations to finally getting there. That's a lot of hard work that paid off. So now that you're finally there, um, 12 years of experience is definitely a long time. And this whole podcast is focused on optimal human performance. And I know personally, when I started my martial arts journey, I was grinding myself into the ground, like overtraining just for that desire to keep getting better. But towards the end, I kind of realized that you don't have to grind, grind, grind 24, like 24 seven, you know what I mean? So is there some kind of wisdom, uh, things you learned along the way in order to optimize your training to make sure that you uh, perform at your best? 100% man, it's just, I think there's two ends of a spectrum of what you're talking about. And the one end is the lazy people who doesn't want to do shit. So they glorify smart training but it is laziness in their terms. And there's one people, you got a David Goggins, for example, who just 
run himself into the ground, fucking take photos of his feet blistered and runs for straight. Like the last challenge he did was like run for 48 straight hours with four hours of sleep every day and just destroying his body. And people glorify overworking these days to the idea that this is not going to get you anywhere. And throughout these 12 years, man, I've got that tested on my body. Like I'm in my early 30s and I suffered a lot of chronic things that I can't disclose. But yeah, even my, my, my uh, latest injuries, compartment leg syndrome, just a week before my one debut is all because of overworking, of pushing myself towards the what people call is just grinding, waking up, getting not enough sleep. And it's a train, it's a train crash, man. It's just, it's literally, it hits you like a train and your body crumbles. And people that are young like you, they maybe not experience that much, but when you come to your thirties, it's just, it's, it's, it's a decline, man. It's, you'll feel it. Everything will just drop. And it comes to back to what you're talking about. It's just optimum, optimal performance and to reach that again, you have to fix everything that you did wrong in the past. And it's going to take you a lot just to change your lifestyle, to change your sleep, to change your diet. So stop listening to those people who tell you just run yourself to the ground, get punched in the face as hard as you can and go to get choked out. Don't, don't submit. You go with a, with a, don't tap. Go to the to the wrestling room with the mentality. I'm not gonna get taken down. I'm not gonna get taken down. It's not like that, man. It's learning. And if you don't come up with a bandage in training, you're gonna get shocked in a fight. And if you come up on top every fucking training, you're in the first of all, you're in the wrong place. You're the alpha there, and people are not giving you like a lot of tests. And second of all, you're just destroying your body. And trust me, it's gonna hit you one day. It's gonna hit you one day. Thank you for preaching that. Thank you for preaching that. I've been stressing about that for the longest time because I've had several friends who keep saying like, yeah, I'm going to do the David Goggins challenge. And I've had conversations with my friends trying to talk them out of it. And these are like uh, martial artists as well, but they just seem to have that mentality where, where it's like extreme, like too extreme. And I mean, I kept reasoning with them and then eventually they, I was able to logic them, logically speak them out of it. But at first they were just all for it, you know, and there's just these people who, like you said, glorify overtraining and it's a really toxic culture because it's destroying our potential and, and current athletes if they're going to be living like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you see, I think it's super magnified when it comes to our career because people want to prove they're tough as much as possible, you know, and you get social media now, people want to post that they're running themselves to the ground three sessions a day, six days a week. And, and people look at them and I'm, wow, I want to be like that. I want to be a hard worker. No, you don't want to be like that, man. And you don't want to be at the other end of the spectrum as well, where you're not doing shit. Mm. But you want to choose the smart way of doing stuff. And it's a lot. It's really a lot. I think it's harder than running yourself to the ground. Running yourself to the ground, you just need to show up and train. That's <laughs> it. And destroy your body every day, three hours a day four hours a day, five hours a day. But the smart way, it just covers, like you talked in your pilot um, episode, it just covers a lot of areas. 
And it's hard. It's, it is hard work mentally and physically to focus on your diet, to focus on your sleep, to focus on your mindset, to focus on lowering your cortisol level, to focus on these, a lot of stuff. It's just, it's a lot of hard work, man. And trust me, I've tried both. And your way is the hard way. It's the hardest. Like, it requires more discipline to get 10 hours of sleep. It requires more discipline to stay away from shitty food. It requires more discipline to stay in a good mental state every training session without going there and going like, oh my God, it's just one of those days that I had to just go through the movement. And these are all like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to like put people on the spot, but these are all just like David Goggins and this other Marine guy that people follow that takes up photos. Jocko Willink. Yeah, Jocko is just taking ownership. Like if you listen to that book, man, it's just, you'll feel, you'll feel like shit. It's one of those books. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's man. I can, I can, yeah, there is, a, there is. You know, going to war is you might not come back. Going to a fight is you got to come back and and you have to be as healthy as possible to live and fight another day. But going to war, yeah, you need to be put under these extremely stressful conditions. So that doesn't apply. And these old Navy SEAL guys are transitioning that into a martial arts culture. And it's not right. It is not right. Even the Thai people here, man, the Thai trainers, they they run you to the ground. Like the the their conditioning way. That's the norm, just, right? Yeah. The sign they don't have any science biased things. They just push you. You have to run 20 kilometers a day till your knees get destroyed. You have to get hit in the shin. You got you got to hit banana trees and stuff like that. Dude, that doesn't work. You're running your body to the ground. Um, yeah, but no disrespect to those guys like um, David Goggins and Jocko Willink because um, they've gone through a lot of stuff and they have their own success in their own right. But if we're talking optimal human performance, which is what the fo- focus of this podcast is, running yourself into the ground like that definitely isn't, isn't the way to go. And it's interesting um, being martial artists and like since we're always so mindful of like our breathing and our movement it becomes easier for us to to focus on these things of like how we feel it's just when you're doing the regular nine to five job just kind of living in a in a pattern like a basic habit you don't really pay attention to these things but i think we need i want to really want to break people out of out of that habit and having them like take a couple breaths and just really think about this stuff so that they can unlock like like their their true potential you know what i mean because there's too many people who are just like you said, on either side of the spectrum, and it's not working for them. So, uh, question: Why did you decide mixed martial arts? I mean, after you left the pharmaceutical field, which probably would have been more lucrative for you, why mixed martial arts? Yeah, it was pretty lucrative. I'm not gonna lie, man. It's just there's good money in the in the pharmacy. Listen, I'm just I tell people that, and the people that don't know me well, they criticize that a lot or they take it as a false reason of me quitting. But I really quit because first of all, it wasn't ethical in every sense of point. Like I was betraying everything I was, my mom worked hard to raise me on. It's just like, let's not get into details of what, how this thing works, but people have a general idea of what, uh, how to sell a drug. 
you know, even if it's not working. You push a little bit of money behind it and it works, you know. And ethically, it was wrong for me. And this is one of, one of the main reasons. The other reason is just a wrong reason. It's just an angry reason. I'm just an angry kid who didn't resolve his issues and mm. just wanted to go there and punch people in the face. And <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a sport to begin with, you know. I, just, I realized that a sport in my, it was a sport in my mid, my, really my mid-20s. And I decided to treat it like a sport, not like war, like people call it. I'm going to war. No, you're not going to war. Okay? You're coming back. There is a referee there to protect you at all times. So, yeah, it's this, the other reason is just a lot of... I've grew up in the wrong area in the world, man. It's The Middle East is not a good place to, to grow up in. And uh, I had my issues, you know. So, yeah, the gym was a place that saved me from, from a lot of shit, like drugs and things that awesome. I lost friends to. Wow. Yeah. So martial arts helped save your life, huh? Put you on the right path. Yeah, man, a little bit. It's just like the cliche story of just, I went to the gym instead of smoking crack. <laughs> that cliche story. I went to the gym instead of doing the wrong things, you know, and it worked. I find my calling. It was fun times for me there. And I knew I can do it. I was... I knew I knew the effect, you know, I was getting healthier, stronger, and my friends were getting weaker and worse. You know, it's, there is a saying that it's, it, it, I was I was in a lot of hardships, but to reach heaven, you know, it's just it just it's a climb, you know, but to get to hell, it's just a drop, you know, so people were wow. dropping. So, dropping so easy. We're dropping so easy. And I know I was going through a lot of hardships, but yeah, it is the way, man, life is not easy. According to every religion, every belief, every well, if you, even if you don't believe, man, if according to every logic, it's just everything that is worth having is not easy. So I I really, really enjoy every second of the journey, even the worst part of it, man. It's just the downs, the ups, everything is just a learning curve. And I love that. That's unreal, dude. So it's 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 cliche, but I mean it's the reality for a lot of people of like martial arts really can save your life because of all of the values that are behind it, you know, just that discipline and then that humility and the constant grind to just keep improving yourself. That, that goes a really long way. And people, uh, I don't think, and not enough people do realize it. Oh, got a cauliflower here. Yeah, bro. I'm legit now, man. I'm a guy, bro. <laughs> Come on, where you been, homie? <laughs> no, yeah, I got this. Um, Right before COVID, I was hitting wrestling practice uh, a lot and uh, doing too many takedowns, like double leg takedowns and driving with my ear and shit just popped, man. And I had Yeah, to it fucking sucks, man. It sucks. I think I got it not in wrestling. I got it in uh, gi from the friction. The worst thing I hate about the gi is the freaking um, the burns on the face freaking all over your skin i hate everything about the game man just not <laughs> let us not start talking about that i only do it for the grading system other than that i will never put that shit on Amen, entire bro. fucking life yeah <laughs> talk to, as far as optimal human performance gi is not optimal bro it's so time at all, man, at all. <laughs> just come on bro that's why i know gi is like hell yeah Oh, yeah man. you fight you fight the way you train and you're never sure. gonna fucking look for things to grab 
in a shirtless dude that you're fighting. It's just insane, man. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense for me. Anyway. Anyway, so we were talking about your journey getting here. Um, so what are some habits that you practice now? Things that you are mindful of to make sure uh, to make sure that you're at, you're at your best. Man, it, for me, it's just this is why I, I super stress on people. Just make it your own, you know. Uh, I struggle a lot of just trying to copy someone else and put it in my career. You know, this guy is doing this, so I have to be doing his thing. And when he fucking falls down or does something wrong ethically or sport related, I say, no, this is not the blueprint that I should follow. I should look for the other guy. And you, you go through the trials and errors and then you find out this is, it has to be about you, you know? And this is the beautiful thing about the journey. And I think people that is gonna keep on learning, keep on growing sport-wise and in terms of character, are the people that take all this stuff and make it their own. So I used to compare myself to people. Where did that get, get me? So I took that out of the equation. I used to work myself to the ground, you know, like other people told me to be, you know. Where did that got me? So I took that out of the equation, you know. I used to eat whatever I want, you know, having that shitty thing that people say that I have that insane metabolism. I can burn anything. No, bro, it's just it's going to take a toll on your body. And when it started to take a toll, I was like, yeah, I need to change that. So I think it's all about taking stuff and making it your own. You know, you got you got to learn through trials and errors, man. There is no one secret formula that is going to get you there. There are some basics that you talked about. Seven, eight, ten, whatever. Maybe some people have more problems. And maybe people have anger issues that you have, they have to overcome in addition to the seven things we talked about. It's just you have to take everything, separate it, and treat it as an individualized problem, solve it, and keep on moving, you know, until there's no perfection. Everything is going to come up. Everything is going to come up. But at least you got the basics right, you know, the basics of healthy, optimum living is right. And then when you get that right, everything else is just, it pops out and you solve it. You pops out and you solve it. There's going to be a problem. You're going to lose. Even if you did everything perfect, sometimes you're going to lose. Shit happens, you know? Mm -hmm. But at least you're okay with yourself. You're content. <clears throat> you're doing things. So do you have a nutritionist that you work with now, now that you pay more attention yeah. to your diet? So yeah. what is yeah. your, for the aspiring athletes or even just the general population, like maybe they might want to know about what your nutrition regime is like. So I started out counting my micro and macronutrients, which is really hard when you jump ships from eating 7-Eleven food to <laughs> count your micro and macronutrients. So this was hard for me, logging in everything that I eat and discussing it with my nutritionist until we locked on that website, my net diary, which you basically scan the barcode of the food. And if, if the food doesn't have a barcode, just type the amount of food that you have in a gram and you get a scale, of course. You measure your own food and you type in the amount of food and it counts your own micro and macronutrients within the entire meal that you have. But I really don't advise people to start with that because it's been really, really a hassle doing it, jumping ships from being reckless to being super on point. So 
we changed stuff a little bit and you can research that if you want and he said for an athlete that is performing on an need to perform at an optimal level you need to go through a three to one ratio three three times your weight when it comes to carbohydrates two times your weight when it comes to proteins and one times your weight when it comes to fat and oh, this is nice. so simple this is so simple and you get through that and when that become a habit and you know what 300 grams of chicken provides you and what 200s of grams of chicken provides you and at the end of the day what do you need to compensate with protein shakes or you need to take two teaspoonfuls of olive oil just to make up your fat by the end of the day when you get that whole ratio in the, your system then you can start going in 100% because the ratio changes what if you want to lose weight what if you're super overweight right now and you want to make featherweight for example like right now i want to fight at 66 my next fight and i walk about 77 right now so I dropped from 77 to 74 in the past month, and I follow a strict diet of 1,800 calories. This is when you have to count your micro and macronutrients. Yeah. You're not going to perform at the optimum level, of course. You're gonna, it's going to suck. You know? You're going to feel hungry. You're going <laughs> to feel tired, blah, blah, blah. Your glucose um, storage is going to be depleted, and it's not going to be fully filled, so you're going to suffer the next training session. But you adapt, you know? But if you want to follow the optimal, no fight coming up, no weight restriction, just follow the three to one rule. It's so easy, so applicable, and it's going to change your life. Mm. I think if people hear this, especially just regular general population, they'll be like, you want me to eat three times my weight in carbohydrates? But carbs make yeah. you fat. And I don't think people realize, especially being such um, high-level athletes and having such a high performing and endurance sport they don't realize that we need all those carbohydrates not just pre-workout but post-workout as well for recovery um perhaps you can give the listeners a little perspective of what it feels like to train when you have enough carbs and then what it feels like to train when you don't have enough carbs what does that feel like for you yeah think of it of this you know you have a sports car and you put it on a sports mood and you want to drive it with a shitty petrol <laughs> and with the half half a tank full and you want it to go 700 kilometers it's not going to work it's going to break down it's going to break down it's not there's no magical formula that is going to make it cover the 700 kilometers in a sports mode on a half tank on a shitty petrol there's nothing you can do about it change it so people say yeah three times my weight in car but if you imagine that that's in grams, mm. that's not a lot. I'm not telling you to eat 30 kilos of, of, of rice. Mm. I'm just telling you to put on, for example, in my, in my weight, just 250 grams of, of carbs. That's not a lot. If you, what, if what's you that know. look like to you? Maybe just eyeballing it. Maybe like a one cup of rice, two cups of rice. What is that for you? So one cup of rice. Uh, so three, about 150 grams of rice has about 70 grams of carbs. So let's say three table tablespoons of rice has about 80 to 70 grams so you need to about if you divide it by your three meals or three meals and a snack it's nothing and the fat is so easy you can get it from olive oil that this is what i do it's just 
if I eat like something like steak, steak has fat, and, or, or I eat the thighs of chicken, it has fat in it. And I, I don't hit my fat ratio every day. So I always compensate with olive oil, like three teaspoonful before I go to bed. So not to drift away from my way of working, just a general formula is just you have, so your body works on glycogen storages. And when you start working out, you need to take the glycogen converted to glucose. And this is your energy and glucose turn to turn to ATP. And this is your energy units. So this runs out. And when this runs out, you're in trouble, you know, and the other, you'll hear people talking about the keto diet, uh, that fat will provide you with more energy. This is not for our sports. Not for our us. Sport, our sport is, it requires explosion. Our yes. sports, we don't run a marathon. We just only go hard for 15 minutes and that's it. Bro, you need carbohydrates. <laughs> you can't depend on fats. This is not going to work because people have been changing have been changing a lot when it comes to that. And yeah, keto, because fat produces, one gram of fat produces three ATPs and one gram of carbs produce one ATP. So why don't I switch to fat? Because it takes about 20 minutes for your body to start burning. So before, after you finish the fight, you'll feel awesome. But you're going to get your ass kicked in the fight. So it doesn't, you need the carbohydrates, man. So if you go through two training sessions, you have to fail that three times your body ratio and it's gonna get depleted because you burn about 600 to a thousand calorie a training session. So Man, I wish that all martial artists had a basic knowledge of this kind of sports uh, physiology, because if they knew about how carbohydrates are the main source of fuel for our kind of high intensity exercise and that how it's necessary both pre and post workout for recovery, like people would just have a way better overall life. Cause I mean, I, I've spent so many years feeling like shit, like not eating properly, not fueling properly before or after my workouts. And then once I started learning about, you know, glycogen storages and keeping them full and then replete, uh, replenishing them after, like just made a huge difference in my performance recovery and just overall mood for life, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I think people just like need to read, man. It's just not that complicated. Just read about your super, you know how your car works. You know how your computer works. How come you don't know how your body works? You know, just read about that. Read what your body needs. It's just people drift away, as you said. People drift away from, it's just work that's going to get you there. The people drift away from the rest, from the diet, from other key factors from the stress levels, the cortisol. And if you drift away from that, the work you're doing is not going to count. And I spend years wasting my life on that, putting in work and not putting equal amount of rest, putting in work, not putting in the perfect nutrition, putting in work and not, and my cortisol levels are off the charts. So I'm not recovering. So it's going to, you're going to, you're going to crash at the end and you're not going to, and you, you, you hear that. I've been in the gym every day for like one year and I don't feel an improvement. You're doing something wrong. Just, just research. And you don't have to hire nutritionists like me. Just, I got to that level where, yeah, this is, I got stuck and I need help. I need help. But if you can't hire a nutritionist, just research. It is easy. 
Yeah, there's a lot of free information out there. And because yeah. of COVID and being stuck at home, it was the catalyst for me to do all this research because I had so much extra time. And then I realized how many um, professionals and doctors and so much good information is actually out there just readily available at our fingertips. It's just it's up to us to, to go and grab it. But um, one of the goals of this podcast is to bring those people on so that they can keep sharing this kind of info on there. So yeah, man, there's definitely a lot of information out for people if they just take the time to, to look. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right. Well, we've been going on for a while. Um, let's go into your, I know you were supposed to have a one championship debut before, but then there was a, a big complication and you had like this, there's like a big story of triumph that might be inspirational for other art martial artists who might be on the same path as us. So if you could go into that, that'd be cool. Yeah, I was supposed to fight at August 28th and, and a week prior to the weigh-ins, I was getting the normal medic medical checks that the 1FC yeah, requires you to do. And the doctor like noticed like a swelling at the beginning of my, my thigh, like a, some kind of a lump. And he was like, this is not normal. And <laughs> As an idiot of a martial art, I was like, I didn't get it. Uh, I don't know. It's just, I, I want to fight. Just ignore it. And he was like, do you feel this, this and that? And I I really, everything he said was in the manual that I was feeling for a couple of months. Like my heart rate was off the charts. Oh. My, uh, I feel a little bit of numbness in my foot. And he, and, and he can tell on my face that I was like, huh, this is why this is happening to me. And he was like, no, we need to do an echogram and see what that, this is about. I will sign off the paper, but, but you need to know what is, this is about. So he did the echogram and we found out that we have something that you can look it up. It's called compartment leg syndrome, where the blood supply is cut from a part of your leg. Like literally the muscle dies in your leg. Part of the muscle dies because it doesn't get any nutrients for a long period of time. And his estimate is this thing started February because my muscle decayed as well. And it caused inflammations that attacked my heart, my lungs, my kidney. And he was like, listen, you're at a choice now of going into a fight and losing your leg or going through the surgery. And I had to go through the surgery. They cut up 2.3 kgs from my leg of muscle of decayed muscle and i couldn't walk of course i lost i lost a lot of muscle mass and it's just the whole process of walking again was a miracle you know it's just i was blessed i was i really had a very good doctor that i could trust and put, lay my trust on and he was super sufficient he won he he was like really on getting me back to being an athlete not just normal human being with, with a normal job you know but but it was it was it was it was really like when i think about it it's just it was really a tough time man and i had to be hooked to a machine that is called negative back suction so basically they cover the wound with a paste and they pressurize the paste so bad it's just a scientific thing just to heal speed up the healing process so in a month i was stitched up and i was able to walk with with a crotch the but the damage is still there you know until this day it's just my legs not right you know it's just i'm still doing physiotherapy till that day 
and it takes about 14 months for for the for the leg to get 100 so uh i passed about seven seven months right now from from the date of injury august yeah about about seven months yeah so tell me about how you felt during the time of like when you found out and then in the process of healing maybe just like a couple weeks after because i mean there's a lot of people who I mean, you're, I'm sure you're not the only one who's had like a big break and then some shit happens and then they are things, their dreams are put on hold. And so maybe if you can just sit, empathize with the other people and just explain how maybe how you felt during that time and what got you through it and what's still keeping you going now. Man, the thing is, I got diagnosed with some sort of cancer in when I was 18 and I blamed life. It was testicular cancer and I blamed life for it. I blamed everyone i even blamed my own genetics for it it's just like what kind of genetics is that it's just i'm a young kid with 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 the whole world coming up and and i get and i get hit with that when i'm 18 years old you know it's just and that had a long-term impact on me maybe i've never disclosed that but that has a long-term impact on me that I, i even can have kids because of that and i got hit with that news when i was 18 so I spent about three to four years being angry at life, you know, it's just why would this happen to me with my rough upbringing and my childhood, you know? And it took me a lot of time be- to recover because I was angry. So my body was fighting a battle and my mind was fighting another battle. And this is one of the things you talked about. It's just your mind state is everything, man. If your mind state is right, your body will heal faster. But my mind state was like, fuck life. I don't want to live anymore. And my body was fighting its own battle to heal when I was young. And it took me a lot of time just to get to 100%. And it was miserable time, miserable years. And then at 2019, after I fought for the title, I broke my leg. Uh, I broke my, uh, my what is called, uh, I don't remember the name of the bone man, for God's sake. Anyway, so I broke my leg and... And I had to take six months off. And same mentality. I didn't change. I didn't learn. I was angry at life. Hey, things started. Good things starts to happen to me. Why would I? Would God let that happen? You know. And I spent. It should, I should have helped, uh, like healed so well, but it took me a lot of time to heal because of my mental state of being in anger uh-huh. and and. and and as we talk about when you're stressed, cortisol levels are off the charts. So you don't heal. And then I got hit with that. And I gave up, man. I literally gave up. I was like, hey, listen, you have two options here. You can literally copy the same patterns that you had the same, the last same two times that you got diagnosed. You can go to, into depression. It can take you year, it can take you years to heal. Or, and people will say this is cliche, you can't be positive at this point, but you don't have any other option. Or you can just take it day by day, fight the battle, respect your body, and give up literally to your injury. Like, listen, my body is broken. I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to stay calm. I'm going to take it day by day and see what happens. So this is what happened. I I just gave up, you know, I relaxed. I paid attention to more important things, which is how can my body heal faster? This is when I started eating well. This is when I started sleeping well. This is when I started 
every time I got into a depression because I saw people training on Instagram, I stopped being on social media, you know? I just avoided everything that was gonna get me into a downslope of not healing. And when I did that, I recovered and like, I had a fight two, two months later. Like I jumped into the ring two months later and I'm still not 100%. I got kicked in that leg, I felt it. And I had five Muay Thai fights in, from, from uh, September, from sorry, from October till, Fe till Feb, till I grabbed the belt. And yeah, I, I felt awesome, you know, I'm, and I'm still getting stronger by day. But it is that mentality, man. Like I really advise people to go on uh, Joe Rogan and listen to Dominic Cruz talk about his three successive ACL surgeries when he first blew. And this is what, one of the things that was very, very, very life-changing for me. When he got his knee blew out and he went super fast without physiotherapy and he blew his knee out again and he had to go into therapy and surgery. And then he blew out his knee again, coming back. And the third time he was like, listen, fuck it. My body is broken. I have to give it time, you know? And he took a year, a year and a half off just healing. And look at him now. And he's back in the drawing board and he's doing his own thing. And you can't be negative. Life will throw shit at you, man. You can either accept it and not fight back, which people will find it hard. But you can't fight back. You can't fight your own body. You can't fight you can't fight that physical matter. You can't fight life. You just adapt. And what I did is just purely add an, an adaptation. I'm going to accept what, is hap what happened to me because it's a fact. What is not a fact is my mental state towards what happened. And I accepted it. I moved forward. And here I am. That's beautiful, man. I think I remember hearing some quote. And they were saying that acceptance is recognizing the situation that's happening without any judgment of it, just realizing what it is and no judgment. And then just from there, then, then you can move on, but it's not until you can accept what's going on so you can move forward. And another thing that you were saying was how you changed your mindset to promote healing. And man, if people could just realize how much stress does to you when it's excessive and uncontrolled, like, yes, stress is necessary for life and it's full of it. But if you can manage the most of it, then you can do a lot of good for your body. Because um, I have a lot of clients for um, online coaching and they're like, oh, I don't know why I'm not losing weight or why this extra fat's still staying on. And then you, if I find out that like they've had some issues at home with like their spouse or something with work and it's because they're stressed. And what I learned is that when you're stressed, your body, like you said, the cortisol levels go up and then the body holds on to fat because it's in like, fight or flight mode so it doesn't want to let go of any of the fat and yeah it's just unnecessary stress and even just like if you have like something on your mind like maybe with your family or with a, a friend or a significant other that kind of stuff weighs on you too man and it just it'll cause all kinds of effects on your body slowly like little by little and then days and months over time it'll just chip away at you in a bad way so really got to get stress under control. And I'm glad that uh, you were able to share. Man, I really think people should go in and do two things. Google cortisol and learn about that because it's life-changing. When you learn about how your body can break down itself, you will change your mind about a lot of things. Second of all, and this is 
biased to a certain niche of martial artists. It just learned there is there is a life outside of the gym, you know. And one day, it, this is not forever, man. And if you keep on focusing nine years, ten years of your life, and turn it into your whole seventy years or sixty years of your all your lifespan, you're just gonna ruin your entire career, being depressed, being stressed, being because it's just a short journey, man. We're on. We're not gonna be able to do that forever. And we're gonna retire young, 40 years old or whatever, you still have a lot of life ahead of you. So if you kept on being destructive, stressed, uh, overwhelmed this 10 years that you should have enjoyed because it's your passion and you turn it into a stress, you're not gonna enjoy that. And you're gonna come out of it on the other side, broken. And you're not gonna enjoy the rest of your life. And this is just a martial artist, you know? And I've seen that every day. People in the gym is just focused about the next fight. When is the next fight? When is the next win? When is the glory, man? And and you can, you're not you're not living in the moment. You're not taking care of yourself. You're not taking care of your family. You're not learning. You're not you just being caught up in that loop of one fight to the next fight to the next fight to the next fight till it's all over. And time, there's nothing faster than time. And you'll look back and I was like. What the hell? My life was wasted. And I didn't and I didn't come up with anything. Even if you come up the champion of the world, you know, people are not gonna remember you in 10 years, man. Yeah. Like people just uh, a lot of fighters are getting better and better and better and better. Like every five years there is a whole new era of fighters that are doing stuff that you couldn't even imagine being done, you know. So people that are gonna come better than you in five years, people are gonna evolve and you're going to be forgotten. So focus on your own journey and passion and just forget about how people look at you and how you're going to win or lose or just don't be stressed, man. There's a life outside the gym. This is what I learned the most. It's just, it's, it's temporary, you know? Brilliant, man. Amen. That's some great wisdom for everybody. And hopefully that everybody's listening can uh, realize that they got to develop some other skills along the way. So after martial arts they can do something more with their life as well <laughs> yeah and do some do something else in martial arts you're gonna come up broke motherfucker. <laughs> you don't make you don't make you don't make a lot of money doing this trust me and you spend more than you get so so hey learn to do something else because when you're 40 and you have hundred dollars in your bank account you're gonna be slapping yourself and a lot of in chronic injuries you're gonna be slapping just True. learn, learn, educate yourself. It's um, harsh reality. What you're doing is awesome. True. What you're doing is awesome. It's just getting into a lot of different things and podcasts and nutrition and and, and hopefully after your career just it's all finished and done and you're really like really satisfied with what happened and you're gonna move on. You have a lot to move on. You still have a life. Life didn't end when you retired. No, not at all. I still got more and more coming up. Well, uh, I, I was just watching your fights before uh, we were on video and I saw the last one that you ended, I think, with a flying tomahawk elbow to, to, the, yeah. to the top of the dome. This was, the pri this was prior to my, this was the title shot. That was the title fight? Yeah, that was the title fight. Yeah. This, this wasn't the title fight. The title fight was against your Chai, which is, he was a killer, man. 
and we can talk about that. But this guy, this was again, it's Yokal, and and yeah, I ended it with a tomahawk elbow. Yeah, it was, it, it was, it was, it came out of nowhere, man. It really bro. came out of. He kept, he kept on ducking, man. Like he kept on ducking after throwing the overhand because he wanted to take my head out. And with the sherry technique, he will drop his head to the left side and come up with a with a with a with a, with an overhand. So I threw the knee, and his head went like a ping pong. You know, the knee connected with his head. His head was raised, and then it landed on an elbow. It was a shitty knockout. Like he really got it so bad. It was so bad. Yeah, he had to get stitched up like 16 stitches afterwards. And man, I, I'm telling you, Muay Thai, you get hurt in Muay Thai more than MMA. It's just people don't give a fuck. You know? Muay Thai is just, it's just, it's really like people going there is do or die. And this is why I respect Muay Thai so much because people fight every week, you know, with that stuff. You know, we only have like three or. Like I, I got to experience that. I, I got to experience you can't spar in the gym because you're fighting in two weeks, every two weeks. Oh my I was God. fighting every two weeks. So I can't, I can't spar. I'm just drilling, doing pads. And it was so weird. It was like, you get, you get to spar in the fight. And oh man. This is your, this is your, this is your sparring is fighting every week, you know? And, and for me, it was every two weeks. I got six fights or five fights in five months. So it was a lot. How did that feel on you? <laughs> well, I got to a man. It's just this is a big difference that between MMA and Muay Thai that we can talk hours and hours about. Is in Muay Thai you can lose six fights in a row and you can come back and you can win and you can look great and you can evolve and you're as good as your last fight. But in MMA, your record, your record stuck on it forever. So people in MMA focus more on the record than more on evolving. So in Muay Thai, you don't give a fuck. You take fights, you lose some, you win some. At the end, you're as good as your last fight, you know? Even if you lost 15 fights in a row. You come in the 16th, you knock a guy out, 17th, you're better, 18th, you're better. You're getting signed on to, to a major league and you're moving on. But in MMA, if your record sucks, you're not going anywhere. So this is, I was really having fun. I was really having fun because I don't have that stress of mm. like, shit, if I lose, that goes yeah. on my record forever. If I lose, I lose. I go back, I, yeah, assess, I come back in two weeks, I fight again, you know? And this is why I appreciated Muay Thai so much because it has that difference between MMA where you don't focus so much on winning other than growing, you know? Mm. You're really, really, before a fight, it's just like sparring. If you if you take a bandage in training, you just go back and assess it. And fighting is the same. If you take a bandage in a fight and you lose, you go back and assess. You come back to the next fight so much better, so much better. You know, so I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the ride that I fight more. It was good coming up, clearing the rust a little bit. And I, I really enjoyed it. And having the belt on the top of that was just amazing. Those consecutive fights were happening post-surgery? Yeah. How many months post-surgery? Uh, two months. Bro, you're <laughs> you're savage, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh my god. Oh, no. I was blessed, man. I was really blessed. Uh, I was really blessed. I wouldn't say I was really blessed. Like you said, it's just it's mind over body, man. It's just when your mind is right, I swear you can do anything. <clears throat> uh, it's, it's it's really insane. Like maybe I talked a little bit 
about Goggins and this overworking blah blah blah. But I don't advise that at all. But it is my, but his mind is over his body. He can win his body by his mind. This oh, yeah. is the one thing you can take you can take out of him and put it in your own life away from his running his body to the ground. But yeah, it's mind over body. If your mind is right and you accept life and be happy and just roll with it, you know. And even COVID, I've seen your, I was, I was one of those angry dudes in COVID, you know, I think this is why I accumulated injuries. It's like, what the fuck? I just, I just got my chance, you know, and I actually was so fucked because I went to March to, to a big gym here and in Phuket and I was preparing to fight in Rebel and I had my visa and everything. Uh, first of April in Australia and it got canceled. And I got stuck here away from my home in Chiang Mai. Airports were closed, broke. I have no money whatsoever. And I had to stay here for six months in Phuket because everything was closed. So I was, and I was watching you and you were doing all that training uh, at your small place with your girlfriend. You were posting about learning new stuff. And I was like, I wish I could be like that, you know? And Life has a way of introducing you. If, if you're really blessed and you look at the small and large things in details, when I got injured that very bad, I'm not going to call it injury. When I got fucked the last time, I was forced to look at life the way you look at it. It's just there's other things you can do other than focus on the next fight. You know? And I started learning so much from that. Amen, man. Amen. Well, got to thank COVID for being the catalyst, like I said, to all of this. Um, well, I've always been a lifelong learner, but as far as taking it to where, like, it's literally a habit for me now every day, like every single morning, I'll listen to a podcast and I'll start taking notes. And it's about something either MMA related, sports nutrition, sports physiology, or breathing related, something about those seven key, those seven uh, optimal keys for optimal health. And I'm always learning something and I'm always trying to share it to like my girlfriend or my clients or my training partners, just because there's so much good info out there that can really just make life better. Um, so Amr, uh, do you have any YouTube or I mean, any social media handles that you want to promote or maybe any upcoming fights that you want to promote or any shout outs that you want to make? So my one contract shouldn't say who I'm fighting when I'm fighting. So I can't do that until they, because they make you fight in one day. I don't know if they got to make that in the, in the hero series, but they make, make 50 fights one day and they divide it on uh, several months. So for example, the last fights that took place at 26th of, of Feb, they had 42 fights on three days. And they flew the fighters over. They had 42 fights on three days. They recorded it. And then they play it as live later. Six fight in a row. Wow. Uh, and they do that every card. Even my August card that I was supposed to fight at. My, I was supposed to fight at August. But my, they say, don't, tell, don't say who is your opponent. Don't publish anything until the poster is up. Because we may play your fight at about November. Well, maybe we shouldn't be saying this because I'm going to be posting this online later. Maybe I'll cut no, this. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay because I didn't give any dates. I didn't give any <laughs> about the opponents, so it's okay. So, but yeah, this, they got, they're doing that right now. Like my my friend Faris fought uh, uh, last February 26th 
and his fight is going to be a, uh, aired in May. So he's not allowed. He lost, but he's not allowed to say anything. He's, he wasn't allowed to post anything. No posters, not his traveling, not his fighting, not his in camp, not anything. It's so hard, man. This is so hard. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I don't know what. So everything you just said, I'm okay to leave as far as audio. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was careful. Don't worry. Don't All worry. Right. Well, um, any, what's your social media handles and, and make any shout outs to like maybe your team coaches or whoever. Okay. So yeah, I'll, I'll give a shout out to team quest, of course, who maybe one day you'll decide to come and drop by finally, finally. And I'll give a shout out to my, yeah. 100%. And uh, so should I do it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, okay. So, yeah, um, I think one of, the, one of the most people that really changed my life that I have to mention is my Muay Thai coach the past five months, who's the guy that got me through all that fights. From Spirit of Siam, uh, Marco, Marco Marcel. He's, 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 an, he's an amazing... Oh, I was... I was, I want, I want, I was going to... So, yeah, I want to give a shout out to Marco, man. He's an amazing human being. He took me out broken, like really broken. I couldn't kick. I couldn't do anything. And he'll work with that. Like even when my leg was fucked up after the third fight, the fight that I ended with the Tomahawk elbow was we just boxed. And he's that kind of coach that listens to you and not say, hey, you're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. He was like, no, let's sharpen your tools. You're doing this for 12 years and it worked. So let's make it better. Let's not take it out of the equation. Let's make it better. So shout out to Marco. He's Marco Marcel. He's he's an amazing, amazing dude. Like I'm really blessed to meet him up in my journey. Shout out to Dylan for sponsoring me the last three years. Team Quest. Hopefully everything comes back uh, after COVID and Team Quest rolls strong again. And we're a big name, so hopefully we we we're all strong again. And shout out to your father, man. Yeah, the guy is just. It's just amazing. Uh, Freddie is just Mr. Freddie. I don't want. I never call him Freddie. Right? It's just. <laughs> it's just. He's just like really talk a broken kid. I was angry, and he gave me the opportunity to compete several times in the Philippines, and he made me who I am today. And I'm always grateful for him. And I'm not saying that because I'm on your podcast. You can check my history with him. It's just I'm always thankful. He, this guy contributed to a lot of growth. Like he made a post of all the guys that went to one championship off his shows. And we're like a lot of people. Some of them are grateful. Some of them are dickheads who fucking took every opportunity they can and they left away with it. And two of them are in my weight division. So I promise I'm going to take their scalp. I promise you that. <laughs> and I was going to give him a shout out later. So and that shout out for you for having me. Thank Thanks, you so man. much. It's been Appreciate so you. much pleasure. And I wanted to catch up with you. And man, it's just, I'm not telling you this. I'm a big fan. I'm, I learn a lot from the people around me. I don't follow a lot of people. I don't look at a lot of stories on Instagram. I mute a lot of people. But you're one of the guys that is always positive about life. And being positive about life is just, that's, this is all you need in this hard time, man. And promise, I promise you it's going to get you somewhere. I appreciate you being here, man. I appreciate all your time. And I believe that our positive vibes will have a ripple into eternity. So hopefully, man. Yes, sir. All right. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was Amr Maher on the Kunani Patrol podcast. Have a happy Aloha Friday. And this is Mikuni Munsayak signing out.
Mahalo for listening to another episode of Friday Night Kunani Patrol. Feel free to follow my journey at Kunani Patrol on Instagram and Mikuni Munsayak on Facebook. Lastly, if you were motivated, inspired, or learned something new from this podcast, please support this show by clicking the Patreon link in the podcast description. Even just $1 a month would help support this show of creating content to help you all live your best lives. This is Mikuni Munsayak signing out. Aloha. Friday night, Kunane Patrol.